You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello and welcome to episode four of Spooky Stories with Celeste. I am Celeste and today I am flying solo, but nevertheless, I am here to bring you a spooky story. This is actually a really special episode because this spooky story has actually been given to us uh, with permission by the author and a fellow listener. The author's name is Lore. They go by they, them. And they have sent us quite a story today to go through. And I I hope I can bring it, uh, you know, the poetic justice that it deserves. Uh, Obviously, I'm not a uh, professional uh, narrator, but I'm going to do my best. I will give a few trigger warnings before we get started. I know usually we have a little bit of banter at the beginning, but I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, The story does contain mentions of domestic violence, sleep paralysis, and also shadow figures. So if those are anything that are triggering to you, I will not be offended if you uh, move on to another episode. I might uh, suggest our last episode that had to do with haunted bras, so maybe a lighter subject for you all. But nevertheless, I will get right into it. So without further ado, I bring you Grippy Socks by Lore. It was a dull evening. Erin's eyelids lulled as she trudged to the couch. It was a suitable alternative to soothe her weary body. Just thinking about the extra stretch to her bed at that moment made her groan in frustration. She stuffed a throw pillow behind her head and pulled down a throw blanket from on top of the couch. After a few minutes of shifting into the right position, sleep took hold of her. It was a relief. It was all she wanted, and for the most part, the rest did not disappoint, not until she neared the end of her sleep cycle. Booted footsteps sounded against the kitchen tile. Heavy, heel-to-toe steps caused her eyes to flutter open. An unparalleled sense of dread pressed down on her chest before the haze in her eyes cleared. This wasn't the first time this pressure consumed her, and it didn't feel like the last. The force hindered her breath, each one shallow and tense as her heart rate kicked up. Her mind whirred. She had locked the door, and her windows had been secured since the day she moved in just months ago. But she couldn't hide, for her current fears were connected to that shadowy figure that lingered in the distance. There you are. His, no, its voice reverberated through her bones. But this apparition gave pause when she did not greet him in return. A gleaming row of teeth was born in a grin that appeared on its otherwise blank, inky face. The shadow closed the gap between itself and Aaron. What resembled a hand slipped itself snugly around Aaron's throat. It was almost intimate. That was until the crevice between its thumb and index jabbed into her poor jugular. What should have been a scream was only a weak cry as tears stung her eyes. Helplessly, her body ignored her will to fight for breath. The feeling of bugs skittering under her flesh made her recoil inside, but her muscles remained stiff, paralyzed. If it wasn't real, why the hell did it feel like this? The shadow cursed under its breath. It didn't have to get to this. We were doing great, but those rumors spread like wildfire after you left me. You could be mine again. We're meant to be, baby. The figure cooed, but there was a venom in the words. Aaron cringed from the rotten sweetness. It made her stomach twist up in knots. The claims held no truth. They were window dressing for behaviors that refused to wither. She heard so many speeches that guilted her back into a cycle of abuse. She hated how she felt, but spent so long hating the thoughts of disappointing her ex even more. He was charismatic with his empty promises, the way he would love bomb her to bits, and be ready to ensnare her once more. But she knew better now. She left for a reason. And yet, nights were still so fucking lonely. It was almost funny how the right thing tore her heart in two. Although Aaron had her demons to keep her company and what lacked was a body to ground her, she still felt so disconnected from her own numb fingers curled around the covers at night as she hid from the presence of her overbearing shadow. 
Shame lingered for how long it took her to find a place of her own. The guilt of how much she hid from those she loved made her sick. The seed of self-loathing planted in her from years of being trapped hadn't wilted just because she had gotten out alive. Now she had to survive with her own head. When did it get this bad? Red scratches covered her arms as a result of her trying to claw her way out of her own flesh. Her anxiety was parasitic. Her self-inflicted wounds felt like the best outlet to remove the traces of her ex. An invisible layer on her skin that time that never seemed to shed. She didn't know she could feel worse now that her brain was trying to remember what not panicking felt like. It was exhausting. She dragged her ass to work, prayed not to have an anxiety attack until break, went home and slept for dinner, then repeated her new cycle over again. But here she was with her latest addition. Her shadow, who she recognized by voice and touch, did not portray the notable features that drew her in other than that devil's smirk. He wasn't so pretty like this. Maybe this is what he looked like inside all along. It was hard to say. She knew nothing about the meanings behind her dreams, but that's what came to her. That's when both hands were around her neck, thumbs digging inward and pressure building as the figure bent its arms. What could only be described as a death rattle passed her lips as her vision went dark, but then she woke up. Aaron jolted upright and trembled as her fingers coursed through her hair, involuntarily she rocked back and forth as she came in touch with the waking world. Erin frantically patted her pants and peeled off her hoodie, shaking it out, allowing her phone to thump to the floor. She quickly scooped it up and shakily scrolled in her contacts. She paused and stared at the name. She sucked in a breath and then pressed the call button. A few agonizing rings sounded through the speaker before the contact picked up. A groggy feminine voice answered. Air, what's going on? Erin choked a sob into the receiver. Her chest still felt like it was caving in on itself. I can't, she gasped for air as heat rushed through her body. I can't breathe. Tears rolled down her cheeks as she raked her nails between the existing lines on her arms, trying not to feel anything else. She gagged on the lump that formed in her throat as she took a deeper inhale. Holly, it fucking hurts, Erin cried out, expending her breath all at once. Holly's work voice came steady and composed. Erin, listen, you're in a safe place. You just have to talk it out with me, all right? Erin nodded, even though her friend could not see and made a sound that signaled she understood. Is your chest numb? Can you lift your arms? Erin felt around her chest, tugging at her shirt as the waves of heat continued to pulse through her body. No, tight. She choked on another stifled breathe. I can move. Holly let out a soft sigh of relief. Not a heart attack or stroke. That's good. I assume it's from anxiety then? Erin rubbed her eyes and whimpered. It's bad. Holly's voice was full of understanding. This wasn't the first time she handled someone so distressed, or a distressed Aaron for the matter. I believe you. You just have to ground yourself. Feel your surroundings. Tell me some things you see while you breathe like we practice. Aaron sat up and looked around the room. She wheezed and tried to focus on speaking. Right. I'm, I'm on the couch. Holly urged her while she counted out Aaron's audible breaths. What else? Aaron's exhale shuddered as she tried to get her bearings. Her eyes scanned her dim surroundings and dropped to her lap. It's dark, but I have that purple throw you got me. Reluctantly, her fingers lowered to sift through the fabric, balling into a fist before smoothing it back neatly. It's soft, she whispered. Holly spoke up again. That's good. Are you feeling lightheaded or dizzy? Erin paused for a beat while she counted her breaths. Not too dizzy right now. Holly proceeded to guide Erin's course of action. How about you go wash your face, hun? Cold water will work just fine. Erin blinked hard, a little dazed as she stood up. All right. Each step was uncertain as she treaded eggshells to her tiny bathroom. She flicked on the warm yellow light and turned on the tap all the way cold. 
She set the phone on the counter and put it on the speaker while she watched the water move through her twitching fingers. I hear the water. Did you grab a hand towel? No, I... The blur of a shadow passed Erin's peripherals and broke her focus. Her head snapped back towards the door, but nothing was there. What the fuck was that? Erin, don't become a space cadet right now, Holly chided. Right, sorry, hold on. She was flustered. Her heart was racing again, and she tentatively shut the door before she grabbed a fresh hand towel, ignoring the remaining figments of the dream world. Keep practicing your breathing. The faint sound of a spoon hitting the sides of a coffee mug picked up in the background. Erin smiled and counted the seconds of each inhale, then released longer exhales. Holly could read her like a book. It reminded Erin that someone was paying attention, even if she did wonder if she deserved it. Thanks, Holly. Hmm, no problem, Erin. You're not my first late night call. I'm fine, Holly insisted. I know, but you need sleep too. Erin felt her brows pinch together. She collected water in her palms and gently splashed water onto her face, getting a small shock from the temperature. She took a deeper breath. She dipped her face into the new pool in her hands and felt relief. After a lot of talking, the call ended, and Erin took the time to wake herself up with a hot pre-dawn shower. Grateful for it to be her day off, she decided it would be a good time to get out and take her mind off her poor sleeping habits. She drove around town until coffee shops started to open. Erin fidgeted as she ordered a hot citrus mint tea and thanked the barista twice despite herself. She opted to stay quiet while adding honey to her cup, stirring in what stuck to the bottom, then set out to walk around the block. The cool air should help clear her foggy head before returning to the apartment. She was bundled in a hand-me-down Carhartt jacket and a pair of dull black winter gloves and enjoyed seeing the start of frost that had started to appear on the sidewalks. That was until she came close to a worn-out box. Its flaps flipped down over the top and a meow emanated from within. Erin stopped next to it and knelt. She set her cup down on the sidewalk and took off one of her gloves to peek inside. She was met with the light green eyes of a brown Maine Coon tabby with white paws. The cat was large due to its breed, but it still seemed like a kitten. Erin carefully extended her hand to let it scent her. The stranded kitten accepted the invitation and rubbed its cheek on her hand, making her light up like a child. Erin looked around and then looked back at the long-haired friend. Well, I can't just leave you now, can I? The kitten's long fur was a little unkempt in patches and ran thin, but it was seemingly unharmed, which put her at ease. Erin made a quick stop to a nearby convenience store to get some soft cat food and let the kitten eat before trying to pick it up. Thankfully, it relaxed in her arms while she brought it to her car and called a vet before she drove the kitten home. She made a stop at the pet store to grab immediate necessities for a short-term stay. Tomorrow, the vet would vaccinate and fix the kitten, check over its extra thumbs to make sure they weren't interfering with the overall health during a wellness checkup. Soon, this cat could be given to someone that wasn't an emotional wreck, someone better suited to handle the ups and downs of being a pet owner, because it didn't feel like that should be her. Erin looked back on the events of that morning. It was all supposed to be so simple, really. Bring the cat to the checkup, get a clean bill of health and pay, have kitten put into a shelter that didn't kill their animals, and part ways. Yet she found herself making impulsive purchases to spoil the new kitten. She caved so quickly when the vet asked for a name, and it was a little too easy for a cat lover like herself. She had an open heart, and it was a complete pushover. She knew it, the vet knew it, and the part-time owner at the pet store checkout knew it, too. She was just here the day before, and now she was back for the long haul. She namely committed to getting a collar, with one of the name tags with her numbers and address on it. Yep, she was hopeless. Holly seemed especially supportive of the decision and ensured Erin that she was ready for the responsibility. She just had to let herself accept it. Not only that, but she had to be willing to learn more about grippy socks and what kept him happy and healthy. 
What Holly did not know was that during her research, Erin found in some places that polydactyl cats were seen as signs of good luck. Holly was not one for superstition. Erin wasn't sure if she was either, but it was still a nice thought. She didn't realize cats could be so personable. It helped put her at ease to have him around. He wasn't person-sized, but she was getting into the rhythm of taking care of him and had the benefit of cute photos in the company of a very affectionate pet. It had been a week since Grippy Socks had made himself at home. Once she shuffled in, emotionally worn down from the day, and Grippy Socks rubbed against her legs, he playfully wandered between them as she changed into pajamas and sat down to pet him properly. He had taken up the habit of greeting her after work, a welcome reprieve during the week. She played with her companion right before going to bed, letting herself tire out along with the kitten and watched him race around the small toys. She eventually carried down the hall to crawl under the covers, settling in with a clear head. Grippy Sock's gentle padding around the apartment grounded her, something external for her to listen to. It beat the process of fixating on the sound of her own heartbeat for an hour. She fell asleep, and that night she was met with a bad dream instead of another round of sleep paralysis. Wandering through bustling foot traffic, she was trying to find something without any recollection of what. The strong desire kept pushing her forward while people going the other way jostled her. Erin felt lost and congested, squeezing between groups of people. She reached for someone's arm to ask for directions, but no sound came out. The person yanked their arm away and cursed under their breath as they walked away. She cleared her throat and opened her mouth to speak. Again, no sound, but now she was getting dirty looks. She attempted to scream, but nothing happened. Overlapping voice Voices met her ears at a disorienting rate, voices all but her own. She started shaking. She wanted to run. Pedestrians continued to brush her aside, and at one point she was deliberately shoved to the ground. The culprit disappeared, becoming one with the crowd before she was on her feet again. She wiped her stinging hands on her pants, and traces of blood left streaks on them. She winced as she flexed her aching palms, looking around for an escape. However, the crowd seemed endless, which terrified her. Walls of people didn't give in any direction. Pleading eyes and frantic hands, she tried to find help many times until she woke up without any closure. An emptiness sat in her chest. She was still looking for something. Erin rubbed the sleep from her eyes and spotted groupie socks at the end of the bed. She pet his head and he yawned. Erin rubbed his fluffy cheek once he was fully awake, eliciting a soothing purr from him. Sorry, buddy. Didn't mean to wake you. She pulled her hand away and laid back down, but the cat stood up. He arched his back in a stretch, then climbed onto her chest, purring up a storm. This made her smile, continuing to rub his cheeks and pet him to her heart's content before falling back asleep. Grippy Socks pressed his cheek into her chest shortly before he settled down as well. They slept through the rest. As the months went by, Aaron had set up a small space on the windowsill for Grippy Socks. He liked to watch the birds as green leaves came to life in the trees. Her sleep paralysis seemed to wane. She started to feel normal again and have more restful sleep at night. Hell, maybe good luck was real. Holly tried to tell her no. Regardless, she was very grateful for the improvements in her life. She was choosing to live instead of survive. And even if that was because of a cat, with practice, it was starting to become a choice for herself too. Erin had wanted to be mindful and respect her space in the world for so long. She was finally starting to see that she did not have to be any one way to deserve it. She just had to exist. That was enough. It was a neutral outlook, but from what she read, that was a good start. That, and being aware of her thoughts, catching when they were doing more harm than good. She wasn't a victim anymore. She wasn't a statistic. She was a person with experiences unique to her, and she was finally going to embrace it. Well, thank you, Laura, for sending that in. That was uh, very well written. And as a, uh, a fellow writer myself, I will say that I really enjoyed how I think, if I may make my observations, that the, the shadow kind of demon that's described at the beginning 
I think, honestly, is not necessarily a paranormal entity, but it, it comes from, I think, uh, the main character's uh, feelings of shame and embarrassment and humiliation. And I noticed that as uh, she starts to kind of take back her life, those events start to wane. And definitely, you know, the cat seems to help things. And I love that it was a main coon that very much reminds me of Mishka. And Mishka was actually found in a very similar way. So, you know, it really, uh, it really touched me there too. But thank you so much for sending that in. Um, I really enjoyed reading it. And I know you mentioned to me that you had put this through a workshop. And for those that don't know, uh, fiction workshops mean that essentially you get to let everyone read your work and they get to tell you everything they like and they don't like about it. And you just have to sit there. Um, I had to do them in college and I can tell you that they're, it's a very nerve wracking experience, but in my opinion, it, it really does help you to become a better writer and um, help you to see things that you may not necessarily have seen during the initial writing process. So uh, if you're in workshops, keep continuing to workshop. They are worth it. And always keep uh, writing because without writing, you know, we can't ever create any more stories to put into the world. So I think that's it for today. But thank you again, Laura, for sending that in. I enjoyed it very much. And if you have a spooky story that you've written that you'd like to share with us, we would love to read it. Again, you can send that to ghoulfriendspodcast at gmail.com. And for now, we'll wrap up because I don't think I've got anything else to say today. But remember, it's just a story. But to be on the safe side, I wouldn't have come to the bed. Have a good week. Cool friends, we'll see you soon. Bye.